Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Sarah Catania is a singer-songwriter from Melbourne who recently released her debut single, Venus and Mars, which I've been tapping my toe to and can't get out of my head because it's a great song. Hello, Sarah. Hi, how are you going? I'm very well, thank you. Very pleased to meet you on Zoom. And I'm going to go straight into that single, Venus and Mars, and ask you what was the inspiration for it? So Venus and Mars is very much so about the um, mind versus heart kind of battle. Um, so I wrote it back in April and sorry, I wrote it back in April. Um, just a bit about a bit of like a, you could say like kerfuffle that I was in, I guess, um, where it was very much so a situation where I wanted one thing, but then I was thinking like, if you think really technically, maybe it isn't down the right track, maybe you're messing things up. I don't know. But, um, I guess when I wrote it, I kind of was in that period where I was, just kind of having to take both hands off the wheel and let it just happen the way it naturally unfolded and then think about it later, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you find when you're writing a song about something like that, that it helps you either come to a decision if you haven't already or just deal with the decision you made? Uh, well, with this kind of song, I guess, um, I think it, it does help you just deal with the decision, but I think because it is like mostly about just letting the universe take control and not trying to be too nitpicky over it, I guess that kind of just helps me breathe a little bit and just, just try to take a step back, I guess, and, and loosen up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And am I right in thinking you wrote this with Lynn Botell? Yes, I did. I did. So how did that association come about? So I was at the songwriters um, for like the academy, but they have the song camp this year instead of the academy. So I was up there in Tamworth. um, And so I started writing it by myself in my motel room and I got most of it done. There was just a few parts here and there that I was a bit iffy about. So I brought those parts to Lynn the next day because she was um, a mentor at the workshop Um, and she really helped me iron it all out and get it, get it nicely put together, I guess. So it was less a song for me and more of a song for everyone. Yeah. Right. So when you say you went to the song cap in, instead of the Academy, were you meant to go to the Academy? Cause I know it was canceled this year. Yeah, so I was enrolled for the Academy, which now I'm doing this January coming, which I'm very excited about to meet yeah. everyone finally. Um, so yeah, I was supposed to go to the Academy this April and then it got canceled. So they kind of substituted it with this song camp that we did, which was fantastic either way. Was that the first time you'd been in that sort of collaborative environment where, you know, like a camp sort of thing for songwriting? I've been to, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Carter and Carter. I'm yes. Sure you, yeah. Um, so I've been to a few of their songwriting retreats up in King Lake. So that's here in Victoria. Um, so that kind of eased me into it, kind of warmed me up because sometimes I think they can be a little bit intimidating at first. But I think I'm, yeah, I'm quite well versed with the collaborative setting now. So wasn't it wasn't too scary thank god well it could be intimidating just if you're used to writing on your own thinking how do I start writing with other people what does that even look like as soon as someone starts giving an opinion on something that you started you're like oh this is mine but you kind of you have to just 
like Venus and Mars, take both hands off the wheel. <laughs> Just let it happen how it happens. Yeah, uh, right. Back on control a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, now, your website bio says that your songs are written from personal experiences of love, anger, pure happiness, and absolute heartbreak. And out of those types of songs, is one type easier to write than another? Oh my gosh, yeah, the heartbreak ones are so much easier to write. Yeah, right. I find it, well, that's just me personally. I find it really hard to write happy songs because <laughs> I think you don't, when it's something that's like just happy and cheery, you don't really have that deep emotion drawn to it as much as you would like a heartbreak song or a sad, depressing song. Um, so when it is the sadder side of things, I feel like it flows a lot easier for me and it's a lot easier to get out because I've got so many thoughts about it. I've got so many emotions. Um, whereas if it's just like a happy song about how happy I feel, I don't know. I'm just happy. Like, I don't know how, how else I can say that. I sometimes I find that side of things a bit more difficult, but yeah, yeah right. definitely, definitely the, the sadder heartbreaky ones I find a lot easier to write. So did you, so those are sorts of songs you started writing when you first wrote songs? Yeah, yeah. So I had, like, initially I probably had, like, 15 heartbreak songs in a row. And then I was at the time doing a bit of writing with Luke Austin. And I remember I went to him and I was like, look, I just need to write a happy song. I was like, I don't care what it's about. I just need to write a happy song so I know I can do it. And then I'll be satisfied. So then I did, and I've written a couple happy ones since. Not many, honestly, but I've written a couple since. <laughs> did you think you needed to write a happy song because you had all these heartbreak songs? You thought, yeah. I really, like, I'm, if I'm playing these in a set, I've got to have something light. Yeah, no, for sure. I was I was thinking, because I do a lot of, um, like, original gigs where it's just my own stuff, and it was just, like, ballad after ballad after ballad, and I was just, <laughs> I felt bad for the crowd. <laughs> I wouldn't want to sit there and listen to all these sad songs on like my Wednesday night having a beer. So I needed to write a couple that were um, for, for the audience a bit more. Yeah, yeah right. And I suppose that is a consideration, you know, and it's good to think of the audience. But yeah, uh, yeah it also it also is hard to write something if it's not there. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's yeah, that's what I've been working on. But I think all of these camps and stuff that I've been doing has really helped me in that department. Yeah. So do you think that you got into music originally because you wanted to write songs? Because it sounds like you have been doing a lot of that. I mean, you're, you're still young, but you've been doing a lot for quite some time. Yeah, so I've, I think I've been writing since I could write, I guess. Um, I remember at my year six graduation, I think my prep teacher was there. And at my year six graduation, I wrote the song that was in the slideshow where all like the pictures of all of us, it was called Graduation Day. I'm so sick of it now because they replayed it like seven times over the slideshow. Like, oh, I don't want to hear it ever again. But <laughs> um, I remember my prep teacher came up to me and she was really teary and she said, oh, it's so funny to me that you wrote that song because in prep you used to come up to me with little songs you'd written and you'd bring a new one to me every day. And I didn't remember that. So it was kind of, I think it's put it into perspective for me that maybe songwriting is what started me off and then singing is what came second. Yeah, right. So at what age did you start singing? Um, I think I started, my sister started before me. So I probably started when I was like seven without lessons. And then I started having lessons when I was nine. Okay. So were they lessons with your sister or that was it? They were initially. And then I said, get out. Like these are for me. (laughs) I kicked her out. And then we were doing solo lessons. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, you play guitar. So I'm guessing you picked that up at a certain age as well. Yeah. Guitar is only a recent thing for me. I'm still trying to get better at it but it's that's come non-naturally to me um so I started playing guitar a few maybe three years ago now and then last year 
started really focusing on it because I wanted to start doing gigs where I played for myself so I've done a couple of those now they're always so scary but um yeah I just bought a new guitar so I've been practicing a lot on that one I think it's a bit more motivating for me because it's nice and shiny and brand new (laughs) so did you used to have an accompanist accompanist with you yes yeah a lot of the time especially some of the gigs I do in Melbourne they're like three hours set so I'm still not that good at guitar so a lot of the time I will have a guitarist with me but for my um original stuff I do like to play my own on my own um and shorter shorter gigs I do my best to get up and do it myself and stuff like Tamworth where it's not very easy to bring someone up with you mm. um yeah so I'm I'm playing playing myself in that kind of realm so I need to keep practicing <laughs> well even if you were playing guitar for a three-hour gig I think it's nice to have someone else do a bit of the work because that's yeah. it's very tiring doing that sort of thing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be exhausting. Like props to anyone that does it right now because I don't think I'd be able to. There's no way. I'd be tired as. <laughs> so when you do those longer shows, I imagine there are some covers in there. And uh, if there are, which sort of songs do you cover? Oh, I love Casey Chambers. Mm-hmm. I love singing some Casey all the time. I feel like mine and her voices are very, our tones are very similar. Um, so I love singing me some Casey. I love singing Andrew Swift. You know, ah. guys, I always put um, fire and ice in all my sets. It's my favourite. Um, what else? I love my Taylor Swift, some Ed Sheeran, um, and then some oldies. If, I, if I'm doing a long one, it depends on the gig. But if I'm doing a long one, then some, like, 80s classics, some some pub rock um, kind of songs. Yeah, a bit of everything, honestly. I'm quite, quite well-versed in that department. Anything you need, usually I can pop it up. <laughs> well, I suppose, you know, that's that's part of the art of being able to play those shows is that, that you you could have any permutation of people in the crowd and you need to be able to entertain them. Exactly, exactly. It's always um, scary once you get there and you think maybe I didn't I didn't um, expect what, what was going to be here. It's a different age group or something, so you kind of need to adapt to it. But yeah. I've got I've got a big repertoire now, so usually I'm pretty good to go. Do you write set lists or do you tend to just read the room and go with what you think works I, next? I do write set lists initially, but most of the time they do not stay the same. It's usually right. a completely different set by the time I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned Casey Chambers. Is she someone that you listened to a lot when you were younger? Yeah. I think it was I probably started listening to Casey when I started getting into singing. Because there's a song of hers, um, Pony. Yeah. I grow up, I want a pony. Um, and I started, I sang that and then all of a sudden I was obsessed with her. So I think my singing teacher giving me that song kind of drew me into country music a lot as well. So that was probably the first open door for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. She was she was your, gate, your gateway drug into country. <laughs> she seriously was. And she hasn't left yet. She's still with me. <laughs> I totally understand. She is very much like that. It's um, she gets into your veins and under your skin. Yeah, I think exactly, yeah. exactly. Just that, like yeah. a rush of adrenaline that never goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and now mentioned Taylor Swift, and of course, I have the obligatory question at the moment: is what do you think of Midnight's? And is it are you the three AM edition person or the original? Person? Oh, three AM edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I do really like it. I love her more country stuff obviously coming from a country girl but anything she does I will adore um there's a couple bangers on there as well so I really like um I love when she does things that are a bit like dark and like because she's she used to do she used to be very um what's the word very like composed and like wouldn't really pop out of the shell so when she kind of comes in with the swearing and the stuff like that it gets me more excited so I do I really like that side of it as well 
Yeah, right. And I think also for her being a young female artist, um, for young female artists like you, it is amazing to have someone who was primarily, well, someone who primarily considers herself as a songwriter, I guess, in that position of prominence. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's been someone regarding songwriting, especially that I've really looked up to because her songwriting is next to none. And it always is, even in her poppier tunes, if you strip them back, there's always a really beautiful story within all of them. Um, So I think that's really kept me on my feet and it gets me excited to write more every time I hear her bring out new stuff. Yeah. And it is great to have someone like that in the culture who is who is aspirational and inspirational. Um, I know they're tired phrases, but it works. Now, you are not just a songwriter. You also have a bachelor's degree in music performance. I do. So why did you decide to study? So I think I always kind of wanted to go to uni just because it felt like the Melbourneian thing to do. It just felt like the right thing to do. Um, but I did also really want to extend on my craft. Um which uni helped me do from zero to a hundred. Like it was, it was crazy. The amount of growth I got from doing the performance degree. I did it at Box Hill. So if you're in Melbourne, that's a really good place to do it. Um, um, so yeah, I think it kind of just felt like the right thing to do when I started or when I, um, when I enrolled. Um, but yeah, just, just the performance skills that I learned, the business skills, which is a huge thing. Um, yeah, it was it was next to none. It was definitely something that I got my money's worth for. Right. Yeah. Because I guess these days for an artist like you, where you have all these songs and you're, and you're performing, um, there aren't that many record labels. And it's uh, I, these days it seems like what would you have a record label for, especially if you had those sorts of skills. Yeah. So it's really interesting, I, I guess, when you're emerging like this, recording a song, choosing a producer, all that sort of stuff, it gives you a lot of control. You don't have the backing behind you necessarily, but it sounds like you have developed your skill set so you can be a fully fledged independent artist. I think that's like obviously having people backing you is great because you've got the financial help, which is huge. Um and also having just that extra boost of um people who are in the industry, they have more connections obviously and they have a bigger profile. Um but it's been yeah, it's been really cool and exciting kind of doing this all on my own. Obviously I am independent, but um yeah, it's it's been a massive learning curve. It's you you don't realize how much is involved until you start, and then you get really overwhelmed. And then by the time a song's out, you're just very satisfied. <laughs> well done, and everything's everything's worked out fine. Yeah, because I'm looking. You know, I was I have a question here saying, "Oh, yo, so you got to record more singles." And I'm also really conscious that in saying that to an independent artist, like, when are you going to come up with the money you need to record <laughs> the singles? Because well, it's, it's quite an endeavor, right? Yeah. Um, so I saved a lot during COVID, which was why I was very lucky that I was still working. I was a manager at KFC. It wasn't that flush. We were just open. <laughs> um, but I saved a lot during then because we couldn't really go anywhere. Usually what I spend my money on is traveling. So I had that stripped from me and all of a sudden I had nothing to spend it on. Um, so I had the idea that I wanted. Initially it was an EP um, and I was saving for an EP and then... I decided this year I'd prefer going down the singles route mm-hmm. all route. Um, so, yeah, there is more coming and there are quite a few already recorded and ready to go. So Oh, well, that's exciting. Hopefully another one by the end of the year, if not very early 2023. Yeah. And then there's always more coming, which is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, it's good, I guess, to have them recorded means you can roll them out to whatever schedule suits you. And I know that for streaming there's a thought about every three months and that sort of thing and, and that's what you have to consider. Yeah, exactly. It's been it's been interesting learning all of those little things. I didn't realize that there was like 
there was a structure to it, I guess. But it's um yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve. Um, and it's good kind of the way that I pre-recorded a few of them that now I can save to do kind of PR, promo shoots and stuff like that. And it's not this massive expense all at once. It kind of, you can break it up a little bit and it doesn't feel as intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, of course, you being in Melbourne, if you hadn't had your job, um, your non-music job, it would have been a very long time between gigs, literally. It would have been like, we we had lockdowns, which were almost like six months long, probably yeah. by the time. And that was like, they'd, they'd stop for a few weeks, but in those few weeks that they'd stopped, it was just, you could go within your five kilometer radius or I don't know, like the cafes were open and you could walk in for a takeaway. Mm. The rules still were super, super strict. So it was about two years where nothing was really open or we'd have like a restaurant open and it was one weekend of that. And then it would close straight away. And then that was it for ages. So I would have, I would have been stuffed if I, if I didn't have some sort of money coming in because there was nothing yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. you know, for those of us, I'm in Sydney, uh, I mean, we had two, like we have the national one and then the, the one last year and that felt bad enough. And I think when the second one happened for us, we're thinking, oh man, Melbourne and Victoria have had this the whole time. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. you you guys copped it quite badly last year as well. I remember, I think when you got it bad, we were kind of coming out of it. So I really sympathise with you guys that were stuck at home because I knew how crap it felt. It was just, yeah. Well, thank you for um, your sympathy. I don't think we deserved it, actually, but <laughs> you had it much worse. If you don't know how bad it could have been, everything feels bad. I guess That's you can't come It just sucked anyway, like regardless of how bad you had Do you think that, that crowds are coming back to shows to the level yeah. they were before? Yeah, I think so. So I had um I had my launch for Venus and Mars a few weeks ago at the Wesleyan in Northcote, which is a kind of live music venue here, and that sold out which I wasn't expecting. I was kind of expecting to have family and friends and that was about it. But yeah, we sold the room out. So I think live music is coming back. And a lot of my gigs now, the tables are full, people can't get bookings. So it's looking good. I'm, I'm feeling very hopeful about it, which is, which is exciting. So on average, how many gigs are you playing a week or a month? I've been doing about the, about one a week recently. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess one a week, sometimes two a week. It just depends on the week. Um, this week I've got one. Next week I've got two. The weekend after I've got two. Yeah. Then some weekends there's none. It's just a bit of a balance. It just depends when they flow in. But it is a lot on top of working elsewhere. I've got to say, just in terms of protecting your voice and yeah. All that. I do, sometimes I do feel it hit me, but then gigs are so much fun. So you get that adrenaline rush, and then you're good for the next week, and you can keep going. <laughs> So you mentioned you had into time worth to be at the Academy um, and I imagine you will also have a chance to play some other shows maybe and take in some other shows. So will you be there for the duration? Yeah, I'll be there for the whole festival. So I think I get up on the 3rd for the Academy and then I'm there till like the 26th or something. Wow. All of January I'm in Tamworth. Which is- <laughs> I, hope, I hope you've booked your accommodation because that's the hardest part. I'll be in a tent, unfortunately. Oh. Well, there you go. You've booked accommodation. accommodation. Which is great. It's just not very air-conditioned. So mm-hmm. I'll just have to be in a pub most of the time and <laughs> be drowning my sorrows in a, in a cold room at some point. True, but as I like to say about Tamworth in January, it's a dry heat usually. <laughs> I hate it's not too sweaty it just sucks <laughs> and it's cold at night so yeah, if you're in the tent that, that's a good thing it is good and then they've always got the misters when you walk down the street so you get a little bit of 
happen at some point. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have everything lined up for next year. You've got some music coming, you're starting with the Academy. So 2023 is going to be a big year and um, we may end up talking about it again, which would be great. And in the meantime, Sarah, it's been lovely to hear from you now. Thank you so much, Sophie. It was great chatting. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.